there's a record exchange on on um, Guadalupe that uh, right by the, on campus where the um, How Are You uh, Daniel Johnston mm-hmm. image was painted on the side of the wall there in the brick. Yeah, butchered that. But um, yeah, <laughs> you know, and I think it really depends on the on the music too, because you know, do you need? I mean, you know, you know, ma- uh, um, uh, the specials or or you know, the s- selector, you know, bunch of eighties, you know, early eighties, late seventies, early eighties ska bands. You know, they don't need pristine. You know, they're just they're about sound and feel. You know. Well, yeah, I I have a you you posted it on. On Instagram, the Gregory Isaacs album Night Nurse, mm, I have that okay. too, and it it doesn't sound that great. But that's just because everything coming out of Jamaica. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, you I've know. Got, yeah. Oh yeah. Which, yeah. Speaking of Jamaica. Hey. Hey. Segway. Coming out of, coming out in July seventh, nineteen seventy two. It's a soundtrack to the film The Harder They Come. I gotta tell you, it it had Jimmy Cliff, Scotty, the Melodians, the Maytals, the Slickers. And Desmond Decker. I love Desmond Decker so much. Yes. We almost, Griffin almost was named Desmond, by the way, which is crazy. <laughs> but um, it was directed right. by Perry Hensel, and it exposed worldwide Jamaican culture in the 70s. Yeah. Um, Trenchtown. Trenchtown. I, I'm a big fan of Jamaican music. Of course, for the longest time, I just thought it was reggae. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge ska fan. I mm-hmm. love Rocksteady. Oh, yeah. I feel like Rocksteady is like this really awesome hybrid of Jamaican music and just straight up R and B soul music. Yeah. Yeah. From, and it's from that time period too, like late sixties. Yeah. Um, but this album, it's, it's one of my favorites. It's definitely, it has a permanent spot in the eternal rotation, you know, in my head. Totally. For sure. Totally. I came to this kind of late. Um, and by the way, I'm here with my friend Jerry. Oh, You're yeah. listening to the Spinning Audio Podcast, and we are discussing the soundtrack to The Harder They Come. Yeah, it, um, it was a tough, was it tough? It was kind of tough to narrow down when you asked me to name five albums. When you said um, the specials, I was like, damn, I love you, Jerry. I know, you know, <laughs> and actually I had more specials on there because, it's because you know, the, and the first one's fucking killer, and how can you not have that one? But, you know, the the the... the the difficult second album is always a, is always you know never gets the love, um, but I came like a lot of fucking music in, in this this album also. I came to so much of the music in the uh, early '80s backwards. You know, I found I first discovered them through um, someone some other person's version, um, but with the specials. First heard more specials. I heard that, fell in love with that, played that all the time. And then it wasn't terribly bright. And like, oh, on the back of the album, there's a little, you know, there's the little album cover of the first one. It's like, oh, they have another one. So with this album, I had, uh, God, what were the songs? Four or five, three or four songs on this album were on this atrocious album, UB40 album. The black cover, I can see it. Um, and it, I say atrocious now, and forgive me. I'm so fucking snobbish. It was the '80s. It was the '80s, right? Um, UB40. It was. It was a. It was an album of all covers. And I meant to look it up before you got here because Labor I, of Love. Labor of Love. Yes, thank you, yeah. thank you, thank you. Um, and they had all of you know um, Johnny Too Bad, and um, uh, and I, so I knew a lot of these songs from from that, um, and then of course. Um, pressure drop from 
the clash, which is a more legitimate way to back into Toots. And, um, That's how I discovered reggae music. Yeah. Or just Jamaican influence. Well, yeah, and I and, and I got into ska and, and British um, ska reggae. Not so much reggae ska. A girlfriend who was from New York, and she I was in Houston, and she was going to school in Galveston, and we met. And so she was like, introduced me to English Beat, and, you know, um, Madness and some of the other, that, some of that stuff that was kind of popular. Um, you were really in from that era like i've seen you don't you like the jam as well i love the jam so you you actually i there's a lot of that music that i have an appreciation for um i love the jam i love specials i like kind of that late 70s i love pub rock you know i'm a big fan of costello's first album and his this year's model the second one is great as well Um, first four but like that just 70 late 70s mid 80s british production yeah, of uh, you know beyond synth pop because a lot of people focus on that because of um, oh, what I was some, popular. I got some mad love for OMD. I got some oh, mad I, love. I, for, yeah, yeah. I oh, recorded one of these for Black Celebration, so yeah, I love Depeche Mode and I love all that stuff as well. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's uh, fucking Haircut One Hundred, which is kind of a you know we talk about pop bands and kind of a, <laughs> a you know gloss over this uh, you know uh, look over substance, but I got fucking two uh, ver- two copies of the album. You know, and it's not. I just did because I didn't know I had it. I had. I didn't remember having a copy, and I found one at half price or something for a couple of dollars. So I'm like, yeah, it. You know, it gets played every now and again, like a couple of times, maybe a year, and it's like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm gonna dig it. And then it just, but it goes into whatever. Everything is fair game to play. Just you know, I, I love stumbling through there and finding something like, holy shit, I forgot I had this, or holy shit, this is exactly what I hear right now. Um, but you know, so with this album, I didn't, my, 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 my dear friend, Barrington Neal, who's from Jamaica, um, we, uh, we met in Houston in 84 and then I left Houston to come to, to uh, Austin and we kind of kept in contact and anyway, I moved back to Houston and he and I and a couple other people had an apartment together and Barrington had all this crucial gr- great reggae i turned me he turned me on to so much ska was really something part of you know where i felt comfortable and was really expanding my interest <clears throat> but i hadn't really explored reggae the only the only the only way i could speak to was well i did have a jimmy cliff album which was really not a very good one and then i had uh that ub40 album um <laughs> so it was kind of really really um uh, uh, uh very skimpy very uh, poor beginnings but Barrington had all this cool stuff, and he had stuff that kind of followed him from Jamaica. Um, so, like Marcus Garvey and like some of those. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man, I mean, you know, God, Steel Pulse, Black Uhuru, um, you know, and all the old cool stuff. But right around '85, when we were, got together, a lot of those bands were starting to make really, you know, crappy music. They were getting trying to get pop and international. Can't can't blame them can't live in obscurity forever but you know they're really their early albums first two or three albums you know stuff like you know it just was just amazing and eye-opening and getting a sense of what this felt like and this was also about the time mid-80s where reggae was making a departure from that rock steady lovers rock all that and it was going um it, 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 it was going to a little harder um deeper 
um, sensibility that, that I still didn't and still don't. You know, every now and again, I'll, I'll find something in from the '80s and '90s in reggae that I, I that I like, but I haven't done as much. I haven't I haven't um, explored that as much because some of it, uh, a lot of it, I does it just doesn't appeal to me as much, and that's probably only because I have such a love for Rocksteady and Lovers Rock and all that. You know, this great '60s through '70s um, music. Um, and like you said, you know, Jamaican airwaves were awash with all this uh, Motown and, and AM radio stuff from, you know, Miami and, you know, making, crossing the distance. So they're hearing all of this, you know, blue-eyed, well, not even blue-eyed soul, they're hearing all kinds of music from really, really crappy, you know, Casey Kasem kind of shit to, you know, Motown stuff. And, and they're hearing it, and every now and again something resonates. So you have these, you know, these musicians who will turn something that would have been considered dreck into something that it would have never been considered before, which oh, is soulful. Yeah. You know? Well, I even I had <laughs> I had a record that was stolen, and I wish I still had it, but it was called for a few dollars more, mm-hmm. and it was a comp of these. I guess the spaghetti westerns yeah. made their way to. Uh, Jamaica in the mid seventies. Oh yeah, and then like all these Trojan Records artists. Lee Scratch Perry was big. Yeah, into yeah, that j- shit, man. yeah, yeah, and they just and which the the album in its entirety. Listening, yeah. listening to the as a whole, but it is really great for some of the songs. So like, yeah. you know, if you're making a mix or something, yeah, really good. And I I I listen to the crap out of that album. Yeah, man, I think I even had that copy of it once. Um, yeah, there's a lot of and and yeah, to your point, I had a bunch of compilations and stuff that came out of Jamaica, and there were yeah, there were some real. You'd have one track that was you know clean and clear and crisp, and then another one that would sound like it was recorded on sandpaper. Yeah. You know, just like <laughs> just so so indistinguishable. You know, instruments you could tell music, but it's like I don't know who's playing what. Um, well, one of my favorite, one of my favorite uh, reggae artists that I guess he rose to popularity in the post. Bob Marley era, like I guess after he, Bob died, was uh, Gregory Isaac. He's man, he's so good. One of the sweetest, sweetest voices, regardless of of style. Um, Night nurse, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that was kind of a popular album, but but uh, I say it's it's certainly grown in, in popularity and grown in in respect. But uh, no, such a sweet, sweet voice. Um, yeah, man, kind of like the Marvin Gaye of, re- of reggae. Just oh yeah, his sweet. gold album, yeah. the blue cover, gold. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a, it's obviously it's the greatest hits, but God, he's so diverse and it's so good. Um, number one, be my number one. That is like one of me, me and my wife's songs. Love that. I love. Um, I like the one of the things I love about Jamaican music is even if it's a pop song, they're still incorporating some sort of political. Yeah. thing in there yeah you know there's p pe- i'm sure there have been trillions of white people who have drank my ties to the sounds of someone talking about police and helicopters <laughs> yeah search for marijuana mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. just like all 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 that music you know they hear they hear that rhythm and they think that it's festive but it's you know there's just always there's a lot of message messaging yeah. going on and I, that's one of the things well I love uh, about it. god bless him uh uh uh, Toots Hibbert, you know, uh, I mean, he, he took uh, John R. Denver, R. you know, he took uh, John Denver's Take Me Home, uh, Home Country Roads 
and you know kind of did a little rewrite with some of the lyrics but he made a brilliant version of that song you know? I, I heard it yeah for yeah. sure and it was on actually uh what was one the two's album that i wanted to um do? Uh, funky uh, kingston wasn't it on funky kingston i think it might be or it was on that other one that used the same album cover that was kind of a collection of funky kingston and um what takeaway or well you know honestly uh, that was kind of the catalyst for I think that your suggestion, obviously you have an appreciation for it, but um, Toots d- died last week, so, yeah, you know, and that's, he's kind of been at the forefront of my thoughts, and um, Toots, Toots and the Maytals is just one of those bands where everything just came together, and they just were polished. I mean, yeah. I know there's, once they were exposed to a wide world audience, and an audience in America, they had already been honing their skills in Jamaica for a really long time. Yeah. Just known as the Maytals. Yep. Um, but once they were, you know, had the big splash here, they just had this perfect polished sound. And it was like all perfect little elements, everything just kind of put together in a great package. Yeah. Uh, that was, uh, you saw the movie. You've, you've seen Heart of the Come. You've seen the movie? Yeah. Well, when, um, when, um, when Ivano, when he steps into the recording studio, he's dropping off and he, and, the Maytals are playing, and that's when he gets the like. This is what I. This is, I'm. He, he'd already decided he wanted to be, but he's like, now I know the way. Now, the epiphany. This is, yeah, this is this is my inspiration, and they were yeah, fucking just doing their thing very sweetly, very very righteously. Um, well, but you know, and then, but that album, I would say real quickly, you said it came out in '72, and I think that that was in the UK, but it didn't come out until in the states until like '73. Because it came out a little later, I think, um, than than the original release. Um, about the soundtrack. The soundtrack, yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually, so. it was released in. Um, I think it was released in England on Island because Island was really a yeah, big picture yeah. there. And Mango and Mango was, here. Secondly, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. But um, let's. Why don't we listen to the first track? Yeah. Get you it, can get it if you really, really want, Jimmy Cliff, and we will. Uh, we're gonna listen to that. you must be Win and lose, you've got to get your share. Your mind set on a dream. You can get it, the harder they seem now. You can get it if you really want. You can get it if you really want. You can get it if you really want. But you must well, try. Song, I have to admit that's a song I've heard many times, but I never get tired of it. No, I know, man. I know those horns. Just it's just that refrain. You know, it's so it doesn't really. Does maybe does maybe doesn't. It kind of um, belies the, the 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 seriousness of the mm-hmm. movie. Oh yeah, you know it kind of underscores a little bit, but the music is so hopeful, you know, so yeah. almost spiritual, and um, uh, and you know, um, this movie is kind of a perverse spaghetti western and it, I mean, it's a gangster no it's really more of a gangster movie gangster right? movie yeah for yeah. sure I mean you know gangster with the heart of gold or basically the, you know the guy you know trying to elevate his status and you know for maybe for the right reasons is you know his people are in poverty and everyone's in poverty yeah and the po- politicians are corrupt the police are corrupt and the record companies corrupt the record companies are yeah mafia you know they're corrupt and and uh He's just—he's trying to find a way with very little options afforded him out of this situation, you know. And he gets a, just a taste of it, a scooch of it, 
before the confrontation. I won't give it away if you haven't seen it. It's um, the um, the the uh, Jamaican dialect uh, that is hard to follow, but just don't try. Don't too, don't work too hard trying to trying to understand everything's being said. Just let it go because it's yeah. It's, you got to go with the flow, and yeah. it's a '70s film too, which a lot of I feel like a lot of '70s movies have suspect editing. You know, yeah. the very beginning is just like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I know. When he's, when he's waving, see, like, he, there's no need for him to wave at the <laughs> the people in the convertible when he's at the back of the bus. You know, like, it's kind of like just an event that goes nowhere just for the sake of happening. Yeah, yeah. I always thought, in, in but um, weren't there like girl? Is it a? It was like a. Uh, it was a. It was a nice car, right? It was a it Mustang was a, well, or yeah, something. It was a, mu- it was a it was convertible a Mustang. Mustang, and there were people in it. But like, but there weren't girls or something that he wasn't waving at him. I don't I, know. Because he, he didn't was, really clarify it. I don't. I well, mean, the, the, that quick, was the problem was that there, the cuts were so fast. That it was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Could you give us more than a yeah. nanosecond to look at the car and see what's yeah. actually going on? Give us some visual story here. Or when he walks across the street and that guy runs off with all of his worldly belongings. Yeah. Um, and then he's trying to get back across the street and just like, just you know. No, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah, you really can't. Um, it, it's it's um. But it's a seventies movie. It's a seventies movie. movie. Highs and the lows of the seventies for sure. But it's um, but it, it's it's visually fun to watch, even though it might be you know the editing is very very quick, um, uh, sometimes you know too quick, as you pointed out. But it's it's as if you just sit back and 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 take it in as it goes and right. don't try to break it down or what do you say rewind no man just let it play let yeah. it play because it all unfolds it, it has all its unfolds. charm it, it does for sure it as does. far as like the, the the setting and everything it's really a snapshot you know and i one of the things i noticed is and just even just in the intro and throughout are all the all the billboards yeah yeah and, they're, oh, yeah, and yeah. literally they're just the billboards of all the oppressors yeah like the people About the corporations that life. have come in yeah and yeah you know but they're mm. they're advertisements for these things that none of them will ever have right because those are the people that have come here you know yeah. the inhabitors you know the, the ones who have shanty town uh, i mean it really does depict you know and that's i think that's part of the thing as a visual to the introduction on a worldwide level of reggae of this, you know, um, oppressed music, you know, from these people who, who the oppressors were even in their own community, you know, I mean, that's that, I think that's part of the takeaway from the movie is that it's, uh, you know, he's trying to rebel and for the people who are being, you know, who were being shat upon. And at the very end, they're not really that, concerned they're not really that helpful they really you know the uh, what was it i read something about um um they could only stand as much rebellion as they could afford oh exactly i mean still gotta put food on the table yeah 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 um and that pitting us against them or pitting us against each other is what i meant to say is is age old you know yeah we currently experience that here been for a long time yeah yeah <laughs> for yeah, a long yeah, time yeah. we just have more social media on it now yeah we just got yeah there's more light to shed on it um, yeah but the next song is by scotty which i couldn't really find a lot of information about him but oh, draw your breaks the, is that the track is draw your breaks and i gotta tell you as far as for for a single track i feel like this has influenced hip-hop just multiple genres of music mm-hmm. it's I, I think it's been sampled a million times 
and almost I've had every a, song on this has been sampled. Right. You know, I mean, you can you can easily find easily find you know who sampled what. You can you're just gonna <laughs> this, this whole album is is listed. But we're gonna go ahead and listen to that and give that a try, and we will be back in a moment. song like i've just i've heard just the reference to stop that train like that one little clip on so many so mm-hmm. many samples um and it's it's really funny i, I feel like it's uh, part of it's sublime it's, it's all white people it's like beastie boys sublime um vanilla ice unfortunately mm, mm-hmm. threw that in there as well but um I, I really love that song what are what are your thoughts on it well, um, you know, it, um, um, this was about the time, and I think this album and maybe the movie, but I think this album and the movie, this, there is a way that I'm, I will answer your question, but um, it had a huge impact, uh, certainly on Jimmy Cliff's uh, career, but I think it, had, it's, it could be argued that it probably had as much or more impact on, uh, or, or impact on the success of the notoriety of Bob Marley. Because uh, he had been working hard to try to get, you know, and then he just signed. I think he just signed with Island Records around then. So he had there was a vehicle now to really kind of um, pr- uh, expand him or and to promote him, and he was he landed big in the UK. So I, you know, I think this album, even though he wasn't on it, I think he was like really, really benefited from the the, su- the success of the album and the growing cult-like success of of the movie. Um, um, but uh, and I come back to the, your, your question because I, I think he did an early version of this, but it was like "Stop that train, I want to get off," and it was a, a variation um, on that as well. Um, and that's how I, because I had an old compilation of Bob Marley stuff when he, you know, with the Whalers and the Whalers, the Whalers and all that before he was Bob Marley. And uh, there was a, a really cool version of of, of or that, and I, they obviously have some t- some some tie over to each other but I, I don't know enough about it um, i've always liked the song and i've always liked the refrain um it's um you know this is an album where i haven't put as much you know academic thought into it i just fucking love it dig it it just moves on and i'm i don't know that i've ever you know we used to have parties when we were in houston with my friend barrington and we'd always have you know gatherings and he and i one of us whoever wanted to just drop a needle on something and I could never just pick a song on this to drop because I wanted to not, I didn't want to shortchange anything else. So I wanted to start at the beginning and let it go as long as it could um, before somebody would play something else. So um, probably the only exception to that is um, sitting in limbo, which we'll get to, but there's many reasons for that. that. I bought in Beaumont, Texas at a Best Buy in like 1990 or 91, a copy of lively up yourself yeah 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 on the zillion label yeah is it like a tan or brown yeah and he's on the front it's like kind yeah of oh it's gonna have a, a slightly blurry 
colored but not real colored picture. Yeah, and yeah, I had the same album. It's, it's crazy, dude. I listened to the shit out of it. Yeah, but it's just one of those weird. It you know they had obviously they had Legend and no actual studio albums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they had that, and I, I feel like that may be just one of those you know suspect releases right that were out there that kind of flooded the market when cds became a thing man and i played that i wish that i had that on vinyl it was so i had good. it on vinyl i thought you meant i had it on vinyl it was horrible the quality of it was horrible but i played the fuck out of it and yeah. i gotta tell you hippies hack and sack hacky sack playing hippies kind of ruined bob marley for me really I don't want to disparage anybody. Don't empower them like that, though. <laughs> no, man. There was a there was a period in the '90s where all these, I suppose, they were deadheads or whatever, or maybe deadhead wannabes or whatever. Uh, Tread lightly. Tre- I'm treading lightly here. I realize it's like okay, I can't. Uh, some things you can't, and I don't. But it just every dreadlock white, white dude. kid, white guy um, with vans who was playing hacky sack out in the park had his boombox playing Marley mm-hmm. everywhere I fucking went. And if they, you know, any kind of party that was suspect, you know, be Marley playing. And it's kind of like, I don't know why, but to this day, I don't have any Bob Marley in my collection, which I know is, 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 is my own shortcoming. That's my only own. one I have is survival. Well, I mean, okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That, the, the, the song, um, um, Wake up and live. Mm-hmm. That like that's the song that my my favorite one by him. It's survival's the one that he made after he got shot and yeah. was you know almost died. Um, I think it may be next to the last before he died of cancer. And it, the whole album's really serious. There's not a lot of yeah. You know, it w- it was kind of criticized a little bit for being you know a little more polished and. I I love I that that song itself is just you know at the end of at the end of a shift and you're breaking down your station you know this is when I was a line cook at Vespayo my friend Noni and I were you know there and I would just like sing that line like life is one big road with lots of signs so when you journey through the rocks don't you complicate your mind <laughs> it's serious man like mm-hmm. anytime I felt just hopeless and lost mm-hmm. like that's one of those lines that really resonated with me. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was the that was the thing that became part of of, of Marley's uh, mystique and his his legend um, was this kind of um, seer and speaker to truth and to shaman like. You know? Yeah, and he even he was, though we know Peter Tosh was the shaman of the yeah, group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Another you know, man who met an unfortunate end, but um, yeah, I mean, it was true. Uh, uh, Bob Marley was. Um, Bob Marley was the face, right? I mean, er, er, uh, Peter Tosh, Jimmy Cliff, you know, certainly kind of reigned um, probably just below him as far as notoriety, but he was always the face. And, you know, right. and there, there was uh, my friend Barrington told me uh, that his, I think he said his dad, who had tried, was, had, had either was going to buy or had bought tickets for the forthcoming summer of 80 tour of, Stevie Wonder from Master Blaster with with uh, Bob Marley, and then Bob Marley, you know, died. So those tickets apparently were for already on sale, and they were in Chicago. I live in Chicago. They're already on sale, and, and um, 
I may not be remembering this correctly, but it does stand in my head that that's exactly what I remember hearing. But um, and he wrote Master Blaster, you know, for I love yeah. that song so much. Yeah, I fucking love the album, and the album is wide than July. Weird. Is such yeah, good album, yeah, you know? hotter, yeah, is all over the place. But it's uh, Master Blaster is a great fucking great tune, and I, not a tune that I embraced immediately. I had to take a little while, but um, yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, so this album, yeah, the, um, man, for me, honestly, it's, um, it, it's of two different mindsets. I've, in fact, I've tried to watch the movie with my wife in the house and it can't be done. She's like, you need to go watch this somewhere else. I just can't, you know, and I, it's like, okay, I get it. Cause he's, you know, and I think, I think if the situation the setting was right and whatever, um, she could she she'd she'd uh deal with it but but it's um excuse me it is a um it's a story told often but it's just in a different setting in a different context yeah it's really weird it's like watching the french connection or the seven ups like it's just that early 70s cinema that you know once like maverick filmmaking took over and like kind of the gloves were off that just like it's kind of frenetic almost. Yeah. Um, and nary, oh, I love um, it. And almost, you know, no white people in sight. No crackers. Yeah. Not a one. Yeah. And that's a good thing sometimes, man. Just oh. get tired of them. Just I don't fucking a bunch of Karens, man. I don't fucking understand this. I don't get it. I, I, I'm I'm ashamed so many times Mm-mm. when I just look back and Mm-mm. it's like the last two weeks. But anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the next track is Rivers of Babylon. And um, no, they did not cover this from the Sublime song. This is actually the original. So we're going to roll right into that, and we'll be right back. Yeah. this in 1995 i'll be like man that's my favorite sublime song but yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. such a Uh, good track i don't i don't i was saying i i I know there are other versions of this and i can recall i can hear them in my head i don't know who they are but i didn't know sublime did a version of this oh yeah they did it in a um just kind of one of those i think they recorded at a party and it was inserted into one of their albums okay you know, Brad's like singing it as if he wrote it, of course. <laughs> I just, that band, I really love them so much, but I had no clue how much was lifted. Yeah. And how much was original. Yeah. yeah. Which is, you know. Well, there very is little. music in the 90s. That was a lot of the influences were pretty heavy sometimes. But I love Lenny Kravitz, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that, um, that was a great track. It's, I don't know, like we're getting into the couple of the two of the song, two of these in a row where they feel like they're spirituals. You know, they feel like there's something that you would sing in church. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. 
Definitely. Because the next track is Many Rivers Across. And it's one of my favorite Jimmy Cliff songs. Um, yeah. I've, I had, I guess I had his greatest hits and that was Jerna, you know, lots of CDs and I was working at Vespaio and so we would take turns on the turn on, on the uh, CD player. And that was one of the ones that I brought in. And, you know, of course all the super hard rockers were like, <laughs> gonna hate you. <laughs> 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 but yeah, uh, big Jimmy Cliff fan. And, and this is certainly one of, uh, one of them. I think, I think they hated it because it, I think the album led with Vietnam. You know that song? Vietnam. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mrs. Brown, she lives in the USA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you mentioned- and the two dipshits on Grill were pining for uh, Pantera. So, I don't know. <laughs> Didn't fit the bill. Man, I got love for for Greatest Hits albums. I do. <clears throat> and I, I, I understand where they're sometimes looked at as as uh, just being, you know, the, the know-nothing you know, capsulized, you know, overview of somebody's work. But man, there are some times where a greatest hits album is in its own right, an epic album, you know, where it just, it just, you know, obviously the songs are individual and they come over a period of of time and, and um, changes by the artist, artists as well. Um, But there are certain, you know, greatest hits albums where they feel like it just it it is its own entity you know um, examples uh well this one i grabbed this one real quick because this was this was uh jimmy cliff uh greatest hits it was basically it was an album recorded to to fulfill his contractual obligation to warner brothers awesome but he didn't want to just do an in any old greatest hits album so he did a greatest hits live and it and so he does many rivers across sitting in limbo um uh, Rivers of Babylon. He does. I mean, he does. He so he sings them in a live setting, and it's fucking gorgeous. I mean, it's just a it's a unique, different way to say. It's not so much like you know, fuck you. But it's like you know, you, you've got all you've got my you masters. Know, you've got my ma- or however he worked it. But yeah, Warner Brothers has many ways and had many ways to make money off of him, um, but he just didn't want to be it all to be re- retread. So he. He gave them a greatest hits album of not original, you know, the non-original hits. Um, and it's brilliant. And it's, it's a lovely album. It's a great, great album. Um, highly recommend it. Um, Jimmy Cliff, um, in concert, the best of Jimmy Cliff. Yeah. On the Warner Brothers. Um, lovely. But, you know, in Staple Singers uh, Chronicle, you know, greatest hits, uh, I knew their songs. I grew up, hmm, my grandmother, my my mom's mom, um, was very. Uh, she was devout and religious. She wasn't, you know, painfully so. It wasn't like Carrie religious, but, but, um, and she loved gospel music and mostly kind of like you know the very white bread um, gospel music, country gospel music stuff like that, which I still fucking love. But I and I love gospel music, man. I love almost all shades of it. Um, so anytime a music, uh, a song kind of speaks to that, um, that sensibility and sensitivity and that emotional connection that I get from gospel music, it's it's profound. You know, it really does kind of hit me. And it, and it, it hits me in a famili- familial, 
tie to my, my grandmothers and their, you know, their their spirituality, <clears throat> and is probably the only real vestige of outside of my f- my family and my friends of any spirituality I have on on, on that on that kind of organized way. It's it's it it kind of speaks to the idea of what I would I kind of wish it would be religion or whatever it would be like, but I don't I don't hold out any hope for it. So if well, typically gospel music is best case scenario. Yeah, no, it's always, it's an advertisement. You know, Jesus will set you free. Come, you know, it's always an advertisement that is that your sorrows and your heartaches and your and your pains will be you will be delivered from them. Yeah, my favorite Al Green song is a gospel song off of Call Me. Jesus is waiting, dude. Got it. Jesus waiting. I fucking yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Have you been making out okay? And Jesus mm-hmm. is waiting, and they're both on that same album, mm-hmm. and that's why I think that's arguably one of his best. But yeah, yeah, Jesus is waiting. It's just like, dude. Another brilliant greatest hits is Al Green's greatest yeah. hits. Oh man. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I you know this may not be up your alley, but Strange Brew, the brown covered Best of Cream. Yeah, yeah. Like, kind of cuts through a lot of stuff, you know, because uh, psychedelic. Stuff can get a little. It can get, yeah. No, yeah. Uh, it's very little self-aggrandizing. Um, um, Eagles Grace. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, volume one and two, man. That doesn't get better than that, you know. Glenn Fry and uh, in the long run. <laughs> <laughs> uh, e- um, Gosh, stop. Did we do many rivers already? Uh, no, that was the next, next one. That's okay. next. Um, yeah. So gospel. This wasn't meant to be a segue, but I realized what's next. So yeah, that's um, this song speaks to that, and this song um, has been recorded by many people, and it has a um, and it has its place within the gospel idiom, uh, having been recorded. Um, I, I dig it, and and it's just it, just the the organ, this the just this this beautiful beautiful, and the 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 the, the plaintive kind of cry in in jimmy's um cliff's uh, voice and the backup backup singers also well it just yeah it's just so it's so, so evoking calling it's like man this is i'm just I'm, I'm going to get through it it's just it's not easy but it's got and i got a long way to go you know but i'm going to get there absolutely um, uh, yeah beautiful I, I, it gets I get a little verklin so we're gonna we're gonna listen to that and we'll be So we're going to listen to Many Rivers to Cross, and we'll be back in a bit. Just yeah, just th- th- that soft intro that is so fucking church-like. Yeah, as much as I throw around uh, f bombs, it's understandable why I have a strong gospel feel. Um, but it, it's man, it just the first time I heard it, that intro, that organ intro, was 
you know, my childhood and church. And it was just, it was a lot of things. And then, then his voice just gets me. I just, I mean, you, we played it and I started, I <laughs> started tearing up oh, yeah. right away yeah. and I'm starting to tear up just talking about it now, which is really kind of, you know, whatever it is. But, um, if I can love that song, I do, I do. I feel like it's, I mean, not to be, uh, I rank it top three in the album, but I don't want to feel like the, you know, the the comic book geek from The Simpsons or anything, but I, I feel like it may be my favorite track on the album. It's just so good. It's certainly got the most heart, and if not my, if it's not my favorite, at least it's got the most emotional impact for me, too. Yeah, of the Jimmy Cliff recordings, man. Hmm. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get down the road here a little bit, and we'll we'll make some make some comparisons. <laughs> <laughs> well, the next track will be "Sweet and Dandy," and who does this one? Is it the Melodians or no, is it the Maytals? Um, um, uh, "Sweet and Dandy" is the, is the Maytals. I'm I'm, gotcha. I'm almost positive. I think it's an earlier track too. I don't think it's it's from like '68 or '69, if I recall. Mm. I think it's um, is it maybe it's. Uh, are they both in there? Let's look at the album because now I'm almost forgetting. <laughs> Sweet and Dandy. Maytals, but I think, um, yeah, just the Maytals. Not even, this is an older recording. This is like before it was Toots. So this is an older, older recording from probably 66, 67. <laughs> Speaking of sweet and dandy, Speaking of sweet and dandy, yes, <laughs> as the conversation went uh, went uh, didn't go awry, but um, sweet and dandy does seem to be relevant. I can kind of picture this playing out of a transistor radio in a cab. Oh yeah, fuck yeah, a little transistor dangling from yeah, the yeah. rearview yeah, mirror yeah. if there is a rearview mirror. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Now it's a it's it's a it's a cool feel, and it it feels like that. You know, because it does the the, the 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 lilt is there, the reggae lilt that we'll come to know, you know, in a few years into the seventies. Um, but it's a little more uh, syncopated. It's a little more uh, uh, assertive. You know, it's a little quicker. There's more of a bounce. Um, yeah, there's there's definitely more of a bounce, and it's and it has that great great sixties sound. You know, it's just yeah, it's a cool, it, it's a cool tune. And that's what I love about this album is it it, it it's kind of a for it, its time, in its time, recorded in, you know, probably in, in 72, 71, 72. I'm not really sure when Jimmy Cliff and the original recordings for this album were recorded. But it, it has music that runs, you know, the previous 10 years, you know, and kind of a, so that it's kind of a nice, it's definitely a primer for anybody who, who wants to hear really good reggae music. But it also is a little bit of a historical overview to, to some of the, you know, the styles and, and because just five years before 72, you know, 67, 66, 67, a lot of great music being recorded, but it's just 
it's all island music in the 50s, you know, and then it became um, kind of a ska and then rock steady. And then, you know, the, the term, actual term reggae comes much later, you know, um, in the late 60s or somewhere around there. And I think it's Toots, I think, or somebody who's... Yeah. Yeah, right? Um, so, I mean, you know, it's... The album was called Do the Reggae. Do the Reggae. Yeah. G-A-Y, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, And yeah, it was yeah. like, it, it sounded like it was for <laughs> yeah. 60s Housewives. You know, it was just kind of very generic, but awesome and great. Yeah. And nothing, not not disparaging it in any way, but it was, it definitely had like a, a just a kind of a generic reggae. So it was like very sanitized and, and easily palatable for, for a wide audience. Yeah, you know, mom's little helper. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah. It was good stuff. But, um... The harder they come is the next track, the title track. Yeah. And I. Uh, yeah, that's a that's that's a, it's an anthem, you know. Sure. That's a definite anthem. If there's a, there's one that kind of, um, is the signal cry for this soundtrack and for the movie. That's you know that's this one. It's obviously written for and about the movie, but it's a. It's cool tune. Cool tune. Anybody who has not heard these songs before, I really, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm excited for you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If you've been trapped in a well <laughs> and you haven't heard these songs, we're very excited for you to yeah, hear them. Yeah. So we're going to play that title track now, The Harder They Come, um, Jimmy Cliff on vocal, and we'll be back. Yeah. So that I mean, yeah. So th it's on here twice, right? So yeah. it, this one is this one has the kind of uh, disheveled and uh, untied up, tidied up uh, outro, um, and I think this the other version was the single version that was released yeah. in the, in the this US. feels like a rough cut kind of yeah like, yeah it's a little rougher but it's 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 so good it's just it's totally good it doesn't yeah. have the same intro kick as as the the second version the the the, the, the single release but it's really good i like the little raw the, the second one is a little more polished as you would expect for a for a single but they both they both are back to back i listen to them both and i like them the same for slightly different reasons um not the least of which is a kick-ass song and this definitely, I, I would think, I, you can get it if you really want, Rivers of Babylon, Many Rivers to Cross, and this song, the title track, are the main like hits, I guess you could say, if there were hits yeah. for this album. And it pretty much propelled Jimmy Cliff for the next 20 years, 25 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they, he hung his hat on those. He had, um, he had you know, the next five maybe five four three or four five years i mean before he started getting you know kind of internationally famous and recording with um other people um keith richard i mean um, um, um uh, what's his name not keith richards but the other guy the uh mick jagger mick jagger yeah <laughs> very obscure musician mick jagger oh uh, um, have you heard of him kids 
Yeah. Yeah. And then it was in that Robin Williams movie. It was horrible. But oh, I mean, God. You know, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, I know, oh, man. I think was... I've blocked it out of my mind. And I even saw the fucking movie in the theater. Whew. What yeah, was it called? I know, I know. I have done all I could. He sang the title track, that. and it yeah, was yeah, the name yeah. of the, the movie, yeah. right? I think so. Oh, God. I remember seeing that being at, really young, seeing it and just being like, wow. That was a turd. Oh god, it was so a turd. Bad. Yeah, it's I was so eleven. Funny. I think it's so funny when you when you realize you have developed a certain degree of critical thinking when you can recognize something that is atrocious. Mm-hmm. You know, when you first like, get oh. that, it's like, oh, that I even think that was bad. Yeah, this is this is not as good as Top Gun at all. You know, it was like Twiggy. 86. I think Twiggy was in it too. I think. Oh, perfect. I think she was the love interest, and Jimmy Cliff was the uh, the local the local guy who can make things happen, but it was, uh, was, uh, Robin Williams go-to guy on ganja and whatever. It was like, a uh, man, I didn't, I didn't want to get down. Club there. paradise. Yeah. No. Oh, fuck you for bringing club paradise. paradise. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, no. Uh, there's some Nam flashbacks associated with the watching of that movie. I can't, wow. I can't go down there. Too I much. broke through the resin. You did in my frontal Dude, lobe. I didn't even want to pick up my phone and Google it. Cause I did, I did not want that on my phone, but, Sorry. Well done. It's okay. You said it. It's in the ether now. It's out there. <laughs> Next track is Johnny Too Bad. Johnny, you're too bad. Yeah, I love this. This is this was one of the ones off that labor of love, love, uh, UB40, that um, when I heard the original, finally after that, I'm like, oh, this is so much better. <laughs> Well, his <laughs> the lead singer of UB40 had that squeak. Well, it, I know, but this, but but that version, that version wasn't sung by him. It was sung by one of the one of the the um, the one of the black guys um, who's you know there were like three white guys, three black guys, or whatever. And but I, I don't. So at least I mean, his the, the voice had a bit of a um, of a resonance to it, a little bit of you know weight to it. But um, still, it just wasn't this song. It wasn't this version. It wasn't the, the right. It just wasn't. Still in your hand, Johnny. You're too bad. Oh, man. <laughs> that was bad. Yeah, <laughs> such a good song. A couple old white guys here singing. Um, there's the iron. You know, no, music doesn't have. I uh, so many things I want to say all at one time. Right. So I stumble and say nothing. Blah. But I love, I love the. I love the openness of music. It doesn't, unlike the fans of music, music itself doesn't really discriminate. It it certainly it's like it's there for you to embrace or to ignore. You know, it probably doesn't give a fuck if you lambast it and skewer it and, and 
piss on it, but you know, it's really there for you to embrace. And anybody, all are welcome. You know, all are welcome. It, it's um, as a religion, as a as a as a spiritual philosophy. Um, I I can't think of too many that that um, equal the power of, of of music, the power of song. You know, to to get into, um, to 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 unburden yourself and to to crawl into and to be nurtured by it or excited by it or elevated by it or angered by it, to be lifted, to be moved by it. Um, you know, first comes love and then music, but sometimes you need the music to make the love. So I don't know. It's um it's a big one. I don't uh I, I've um I don't play an instrument. Um I can play the radio and that's always been a big um, disappointment to me that I haven't learned an instrument, you know. Now that's on me because what's stopping me from learning one? Fuck, I don't know. I just I'm lazy. Well, yeah, time and dedication. But you know, when they things like you need ten thousand hours to get great at something, you know. Yeah. Well, I'm not learning. I'm not I'm fucking learning to fly. I don't really need to be great <laughs> at something. You know. I mean, I don't. You know. I just I. And I'm making the case for why the fuck I don't do it myself. Because, you know, time and dedication, yeah. And the dedication is I don't I don't need to be in a band. I don't need to be a, you know, I don't need to be on stage. I would love to play music for my boys because I would love them to find, you know, I play music all the time because I want them, I want it to kind of psychically sink in. Synonymous with their home life. Yeah. When it, they look back on it. I, that's how I feel yeah. about it. I want Griffin to look back and know that music was playing. And he smelled good food cooking. Right. You know. Yeah. These are the triggers to happy thoughts. The, you know, the things that kind of, the things that'll get you through on the, you know, the bleak moments and the dark moments. Yeah. I mean, we're midway through the pandemic, so he's just going to remember Hot Pockets. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and like, you know, some, some, just some weird, like, instrumental stuff that's in the background that's not too yeah. obtrusive, but sure, just like trying to calm ourselves down uh, at the, at the homestead, but... Uh. <laughs> I don't know, my little fuckers, God bless them. They they've been wired into their iPads and headphones. Headphones because ain't no way we're gonna be listening to that shit. Yeah. Um but you know, every now and again I make them I you know pull the plug out or whatever so I hear. But they both know, you know, not to you know, if if the if the conversation goes blue and there's any discussions of things that aren't cool, um, to change it right away. And they're really good about doing that. And every now and again I'll be somewhere and I'll look I'll see one of them look over my way <laughs> to make sure they're like and I was like Change it. I already did, Daddy. I, I did. I just, I just was not. I know you wouldn't want it. You wouldn't want me to hear it. I'm like, okay, change it. <laughs> but that's what they're listening to now, and I really would love it if you know. And I try to get them. Um, when I was on, when I was on furlough, and my wife was working, they weren't in school yet. We had a lot of time to fill, and I just didn't want them on their iPads all the time. They had some structure, had a little bit, um, you know. So we would try to get outside, go swimming, go do some things outside. But then I, you know. I'd have a chance to play music loud in the house and I'd be like, no, you know, the next hour is daddy time with music. So you guys can do some things, draw whatever, but no iPads, no headphones. So, you know, if you like something, talk about it. If you don't like something or don't even, you know, we don't even have to talk about it, but I'm just, you know, I, this is just something that we're going to be doing. So every day be an hour, be, you know, one album or something, you know, I'd play. Um, 
And if it was going good enough, you know, I'd play a couple, you know, because I didn't get any arguments or, Daddy, can we can we listen to our iPads now? But, you know, I, I'd, this ain't the childhood I promised them, <laughs> you know, yeah. that they were, they were um, not really promised, but expected, that we expected for them. So I want to make sure it's, it's not just, you know, just a thing that's universally shared where everybody's like, yeah, we kind of stay in our doors all the time and did very little. Um, well, the, I, I feel like the addition of the pool probably is a big help. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was, you know. Falling out. Yeah, well, they were both in daycare, and we, f- we figured if we could just, once we got them both out of daycare, we'd take that money we're spending in daycare, and we're going to roll it over. It's like, you know, we could buy a really, really, really nice car, but not, neither one of us, you know, we have fine cars. It's like, you know, we've, it's like, and they're paid for. Thank God. I don't know. I don't know. My wife is brilliant with shit like this. She made these things happen. Um, but, you know, so we just put that money into the, you know, monthly into a pool, you know. I, I, it's, it's something she and I both, we grew up in apartments, you know, so we always had a pool, but it was, it was a community pool. It was everybody's pool, you know, so you're swimming in other people's piss and all that, but you know, <laughs> we like to swim in our own. So, you know, we wanted our own pool. We both did as, as being apartment babies, you know, kids growing up in apartments, we wanted our own pool and having our kids, you know, and it's, it's a nice little pool as these things go. And it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. Well, thank you. It, it's, it's fun, you know, so they like it. You know, they got to the point where occasionally it'd be like, all right, you guys ready to go swimming? Like, oh, daddy again? I'm like, no, you did not. You did not say no, daddy again. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> you will never be too too bored to go swim. Or yeah, you'll never think swimming is a is a, a task. You're going to enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, 007. Oh, Desmond Decker. Desmond Decker tries Desmond 007. Decker. Oh. The Israel, yeah. Um, oh man, I, I got turned on to Desmond. My friend Barrington, who I mentioned earlier, was one of the first ones. There was a God. There was a song I was trying to think of. It'll come to me, uh, 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 but it was a Desmond Decker song that um, I loved. And for like a hot minute, we were talking about the police a minute ago. And I thought it was an early police track, you know, from like their first album or something. Mm-hmm. And it, even though it sounded nothing like them, and I thought. For, for for about half an hour, I'm like, the police is really fucking cool. I had no idea. <laughs> um, and then I re- found out it was Desmond Decker, and I was a, uh, sh- you know, greatly chagrined. And B, um, you know, um, I didn't mean to diss the police that much, but they just went back to being only as cool as they were, not as cool as I, for a moment, thought they were. They are very cool, but they're yes. not Desmond Decker cool. B- few of us are. All right, couple of seven chances. It's like a, it's like, it's not complicated. It's like a dip cone from Dairy Queen. It just hits no. the spot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. I don't need a blizzard, dog. No, I don't need a blizzard. Satisfies. 
you know, I'm still kind of I still that little lilting, the little guitar mm-hmm. upstroke, and the you know the way the 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 syncopation moves still has me kind of moving in that same way in inside my head, my body. It, um, it's a great sound, an old you know old sound, um, but it, uh, man, and it has such a you know kind of a high toned voice, almost nasally. But I really, I really, I've always liked his voice. He's always a very unique um, and strong-sounding voice to me. Um, very, dis- very identifiable. Mm-hmm. If you've listened sure. to much Desmond Decker, you, you'll know him when you hear him. You know. Yeah, he's uh, R&B. He's just a yeah. He's an R&B, a soul singer from from Jamaica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-mm-mm. And so uh, I guess the we're not going to cover the two repeat tracks at the end. So this will be our final track and it's sitting in limbo, which is another yeah. Jimmy Cliff song. Yeah. You know, man, uh, many rivers to cross <clears throat> as much as it hits me at my heart. And it does. It does. I don't know that this man, I've never had to think about this and I've never had to quantify qualify quantify the the the, the tracks i don't know spinning audio it's yeah it's so 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 close between sitting in limbo and many rivers to cross and you know and i don't mean just of this album but these these two songs are man they're in my you know in my desert island you know they're just they're they're big they're big um the beauty of this song for me is it strengthened um by the fact that um, 10 years later or so, 15 years later or so, the Neville Brothers did a beautiful version of it, beautiful version of it, which which um, um, I, I, uh, I adore. I'm, I'm kind of grasping for words because I really, I really do like the song and I like, I like both versions. I like the Neville Brothers version a lot. It's beautiful. Um, and I know you've got a, a lot of love for Nola. And, yeah, uh, yeah. You know. The Neville Brothers are a big fixture there. Yes, indeed, indeed, indeed. I, I've, I've heard um, Aaron Neville sing sing this before, and it's um, um, I, it was uh, uh, I, I I was I was very weepy <laughs> hearing him sing it. Getting choked up th- thinking about Jerry Reed sitting there <laughs> crying at <laughs> a show, swaying, yeah, yeah, yeah swaying yeah. back and forth. The Feeling group. the spirit. <laughs> oh man, pre-COVID because we could all stand together. Oh. But I know it won't be long Sitting here in limbo Like a bird without a song Well, they're putting up resistance But I know that my faith will This, this gorgeous kind of clarion little symbol, just the way it, it kind of kind of uh, um, clears the air, clarifies each time it hit, and it's, it's, it's hit often through, it's definitely through the intro into the song, but it's a beautiful intro. It's a very lush uh, arrangement, and, and your comments, Clinton, I think were spot on as to, you know, the, the production quality and the recording quality is very... Um, uneven on all these tracks because some are older, and but you could tell where you know 
which one probably was recorded in the island studios <laughs> that one was definitely that one definitely had the benefit of you know probably multi-track recorders and isolated you know um uh, booths and and uh, recording rooms so it's a well pretty deserving sound. for sure yeah yeah pretty pretty song pretty song well um so we were basing a lot of our we were basing the pace and the track listing off of the streaming album. and we've been listening to it incessantly yeah but i don't think either of us had really listened to the our vinyl copies in a long while and i completely forgot that pressure drop was on here well, I'd referenced it earlier, and I looked at your notes, and I didn't even think about it. And I had just played this album last night, yeah. and so Pressure Drops a huge thing for me. I mean, this is this is arguably one of uh, Toots and the Maytals, you know, signature songs, and and definitely was a um, was a credo for you know uh, uh, punk rockers who got into reggae, i.e., the Clash for sure. Um, no, and it's a very important song, and. Um, um, a kick-ass song it's it's a serious it's a yeah it's it's it is uh we we overlooked it so now we're gonna back up a track and we're gonna um talk about this one or at least let you hear it because we don't need to talk about it it is one of the many reasons why i want to do funky kingston yeah i'd love to do an episode on this yeah, yeah. but pressure drop is such it's just iconic it's synonymous with jamaica synonymous with toots and we we mourn his passing and we Here. will uh, we will go ahead and first artist i heard as a youth from jamaica uh, i don't want to say like i i didn't want to make it sound like it was last week but just a lot of respect he's always kept a positive vibe there's a little bit of underlying social commentary but just everything's just well formed um production's usually really great um, he crafts beautiful songs and he's a tremendous artist, and the world is lesser without him here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And The Clash would have been a lesser band without him. <laughs> well, th you know, late <clears throat> late 70s, they were, you know, there were tons of immigrants, you know. and Oh, and you, in London? Yeah. In yeah. London. And so, you know, the kids were into it. And I, I got to say, in the current times that we live where, you know, cultural appropriation and things like that. Mm -hmm is a term that's used quite often, whether it's for cooking or music or, or movies or whatever. I can guarantee that there are many artists, chefs, whoever, who have done it from a, from a, from a place of reverence, yeah. awe, yeah, respect. you know, and I respect and awe. That, and that's what I have for this, this form of music. That's what I love about it is that it's, yeah, it's, it's, it has a bounce to it. It, has things to say whether it's talking about their plight 
the things that have been put upon them as as countrymen, you know, as islanders, with people just you know coming and invading and stripping the land, or whether it's just like just chill out, man, and enjoy yourself. You know, it, yeah. it, it runs the it runs the gauntleter, you know, and yeah, I uh, I love this music. Yeah, and it, you know, in some of the 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 deeper, darker takes, the the social unrest and the commentary of of uh, the, uh, you know, the the inequities of life being set to music that is so uh, buoyant and so uplifting. You know, the juxtaposition um, may be lost on on on, on some first time listeners. Certainly was on me because you know I was, um, I was a lot of things, but I wasn't necessarily um, woke and tight and bright. You know, I was kind of you know just trying to find my way through what was going on um, in my own life and and, and mind. Um, uh, not indifferent, um, just just uh, uncertain and uh, clumsy. But uh, music was a that comes with youth. Yeah, yeah, you know, um, I, I tried to, uh, did I, I don't know, I, I tried to find ways, yes, totally, I did do this, I tried to find ways to be less clumsy, and less um, um, uh, intelligent about things I didn't know, so, you know, I was very fortunate to meet people, to meet people who were um, kind, gracious, bright, and, um, and very helpful. Um, I referenced my friend Barrington Neal early on, and he was one of those people, you know. So he's he's a huge reason why um, my love for music has uh, has become multidimensional. He and and Skip, Mr. Robert T. Hill, um, you know, they're probably two of my bigger musical influences that aren't musicians themselves, you know. So the, you know, the family you're born into, and then the family you create um, that you that you collect, and and those two guys were huge and extremely helpful. Um, so, uh, thanks guys. Appreciate it. (laughs) So to wrap, well, I guess to wrap up the album, it's certainly had a big impact on me, especially considering it has multiple artists, which led me down multiple paths. And uh, I feel like Jerry holds the same belief. Yeah. Any parting, parting words? So thumbs up or thumbs down. What do you feel about it? I give it twelve stars. Okay, all right. Out of five. All right, all right. Well done. Well played. Um, um, no, man, this is fun. Um, in spite of the um, brief minute of you know, twelve minutes of anxiety trying to narrow down to a few albums out of literally hundreds, um, but uh, um, so <laughs> the, the longer list of that, and then you requested that I gave you, you selected this one, which I feel like was um, was you know me. You know me, man. Well, well what's done. beautiful about it is that you can slide another album into that slot since it's done, and then we can do it all over again if you want. Well, this is this is good. This was good. I had, I had just listened to this um, two weeks ago. I think soon after you and I talked about talked about this, and I, it, it it made its rotation again, which it comes out every couple of weeks, regardless whether I need it or not. Huh. And, and then I played it again last night, um, and uh, I never. You know, sometimes I've played it so many times where um, there are times when it becomes background um, um, only because I have kids and there's other things going on. But, you know, even as background music, it ain't no elevator music, but even as background music, 
it does take up the sonic and aural air, airwaves quite nicely. It's albums like this are are like what my wife refers to as cozy clothes. Albums like this are what my wife refers to as cozy clothes. You know, you've gone out, you've, you're exhausted, you have your, you're just ready to get home and put on. Oh, I got you. Big, you know, the big pants and the the yeah. the shirt. It, it's yeah. like a well worn shirt. Yeah, yeah. It feels so good. It feels comforting. It's like a hug, and I think that that's. I agree. That this album is on that list. Cozy clothes. Uh, cozy I, clothes. I, yeah. I was thinking it was some kind of act like cozy clothes, close off the day. With uh, <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't figure it out. So. <laughs> this shutdown's gonna be cozy, y'all. <laughs> cozy. Uh, yeah. No, totally. It is. Is is. Um, it is um, uh, uh, food for the soul. So I that brings us to I guess our final outro segment, which is the funeral five. It's kind of like the desert island five. But it's the five songs you would play in a permanent loop at your funeral hmm. while all your guests are there, mm-hmm. hanging out, thinking about you, reflecting mm-hmm. on their time, their experiences. Some of them, some of them crying, some of them contemplating, some of them rejoicing. You never know. Some it could of be them some. hoping the uh, the booze doesn't run out. Yeah, booze. What you got but for me, Jer? Um, yeah, you know, you asked me about this and I fucking spaced it until you just asked me again um, <laughs> a little while ago. So I pulled these five out of my patootie and, um, but uh, you know, I feel good about it. Um, I think, you know, the idea of, you know, <laughs> your so- a song at your funeral, um, Hey, fuck the funeral thing. I just, you know, I just want it to be a party, but then, yeah, I, you know, you just said five songs. And I have five songs. The soundtrack to people hanging around the punch bowl yeah. at your your yeah. like memorial party. Yeah. All right. So who go here goes. Um in no particular order, enjoy yourself. And I kinda would like a, a split take on it, maybe two versions, the two versions of it. Um the really, really cheesy old guy Lombardo version. But definitely the specials off of more specials. Enjoy yourself is later than you think. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. For uh, for all reasons, <laughs> you know, it's it is kind of has to be there. Um, yeah, that that song is is always um is always been um uh, kind of a, a key mood enhancer for me. As is that a whole album, the more specials album. Um, and you <laughs> mentioned this a minute ago, uh, Maggot Brain, which I think is uh-huh. is. Uh, uh, just a most incredible piece of soaring guitar work. Uh, just amazing song, and I just think I I kind of chuckle at all the people in my family who would be looking around going, "What the fuck is he doing?" To how much now? longer is this playing? Yeah, how mu- yeah, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. No, I and I even think I might want the live version, which is even you know, it's like ah, oh, which it, which almost almost takes the studio version and a slight notch. Really, really cool. Um, sitting in limbo, um, and I had kind of referenced, you know, I, it's, I'm torn between the, the Jimmy Cliff or the ne- Neville Brothers version, and I'm lean slightly to the Neville Brothers version just uh, for a couple of reasons, because um, I've seen Aaron Neville sing it. Um, there's a 
New Orleans connection and and um, um, it, it, yeah, I just like I like their version. And then yeah, and the Nevilles, they're uh, they're you know Alan Toussaint, who is always like the fifth Neville. You know, he's gone and is it and Cyril, you know, or Art? Excuse me, I think Art's gone. So you know, it's uh, but I that I love that version. Um, Treacherous, uh, the history of the Neville brothers is one of the great greatest al hits albums, and they they have a version on there that's excellent. So I recommend it. Um, uh, uh, Nina Simone, whom uh, I I, uh, I love more than I can say, um, even her schlocky stuff, even the stuff that she might not have been proud of, um, uh, I kind of still go bonkers for just her voice, her phrasing. Um, when she played the piano in, in any given song um, was was uh, a song that was made better for it, even if the song itself was, was shit. Respect. Yeah. But um, off of the I Put a Spell on You is an album that I just, just fucking love, Marriages for Old Folks. And <laughs> I just, it just, it's a kind of a whimsical, um, you know, probably late 50s Broadway kind of, you know, ditty that she just, takes and turns on its head and I fucking love it um, and then I, there had to have been Stevie Wonder on there and there will always be a Stevie Wonder song in whatever I do and uh, Love's in Need of Love today would be uh, would be um, one that I couldn't after of all the many to pick um, including You Are the Sunshine of My Life which I s would sing to my boys every night um, this one uh, loves and they're love 17. Today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Daddy, sing to me, please. Um, love's Need of Love today is um, off of... Um, off of... Um, uh, Intervisions. Oh, Intervisions. Yeah. It's just... Um, man... Listen to it if you don't know it. Uh, I, I, I do. I, I recommend it. It's um, that. W that's the only song probably that gets close to the being kind of a um, everyone solemnly listening and a tear glistening in the corner of their eye, which is not my intent because I want everyone to dance. Not a lot of dance songs in this five, but uh, but those are five that kind of came to me uh, as I had to think about it. Yeah. That is a great funeral five. Ah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hopefully, uh, it's not anything that anyone has to worry about anytime soon. <laughs> right. <laughs> no right. hurry. Well, I really appreciate you welcoming me into your home. This has been the Spinning Audio Podcast. Till next time, have fun out there. <laughs>